I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello, beautiful human, and welcome back to Vagina Talks. I'm really grateful that you're here with me today. I am a tender, tender mush. I am in the midst of a good, of a good cleansing. I'm, I have an image of a mortal and pestle, and I'm in it. And I really heard myself this morning in my in my grief and in my rage, I could literally hear, clitorally, I could literally hear a tone that I hadn't heard before. And, and while I was like, actually screaming, the thought went through my head, oh my gosh, this is that opening I was praying for. Like this is, it's happening right now. Like this is a new tone. This is a new vibration. This is a new experience. So I'm just in the after washes of this really kind of big opening and a really big surrendering. So I'm just like, that's where I am right now. I'm just like in this tender place. And we have a guest today that I'm really excited to share with you. I came across her and looked at her stuff and I just, I just felt this. I was like this, she's our people, you know, we got to get her, get her in here. So I want to bring her in, tell you a little bit about her. Marion Chloe Tice is a French love coach. She helps women have better sex and relationships through spiritual and kinky sex practices. After a lot of bad relationships and unsatisfying sex encounters, she decided to take the matter into her own hands and did the invisible 
emotional work required to reclaim her power. She gave into her BDSM tendencies and discovered a new way to be in her body. From there, she grew a new sense of confidence that has spread to all areas of life. She now helps other women access their own wisdom so they can feel more connection with themselves and others. Marion, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So, so grateful to have you here today. And, you know, the first question I want to start with is, is, is playful and sincere. And so I invite you to just kind of, just kind of check in and see where it goes. If you just check in with your body and you just check in with your vagina, what is it that you would like to share with us? Oh, that's a great question. Mm. What's coming up strongly is in a way of my story is obviously unique to me, but also um, speaks to a lot of people because I think there are a lot of people around there who don't really have very great relationships or sex. And it's something we tend to ignore because it's not easy to face and we don't really know. Like we don't have like a relationship school or like a sex school. Most people don't go there. Right. So it's not easy to know how to navigate that. Like sex is messy, relationships are messy, life is messy. And and yet relationship and sex are so intimate and so important. Mm. And we're not really given the tools to address that, to navigate the challenges. So I think that's what I want to talk about. Great. Let's go. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a prompt to give me something to get me started? Sure, sure, like sure, 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 sure. Right, 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 right. right. Oh, okay. like, so this is, this is what it is. <laughs> so I guess so two, two entrance points, right, is either your your personal story right of kind of the unsatisfying or satisfying like what's happening now and how you got there or some tools so kind of either coming in on that personal front or coming in on that that tool place um i'm i'm curious about both so okay we'll do both then <laughs> okay uh, number one um my story so I think it's like it's always really hard for me to like find a certain point because I mean I think the certain point would be the beginning of my life but like I'm not gonna tell this whole story uh, right. I don't think it's you know <laughs> it would be it would take a long time uh, I'm gonna take a middle point though uh, when I was around 1920s 20 I was um, I was living in Barcelona I was doing an, a student exchange program and I just like my life was a mess and yet so intense and I learned so many things. Mm. Um, so to give you a context before that, uh, were like two long-term relationships, my first like kind of official, you know, like grown-up-ish relationships. Yeah. Um, the second one being actually very abusive. Uh, the first one being naturally fulfilling, like emotionally. Um, so I was like at this, at this point where like I, I was just out of like these two relationship who hurt me a lot. And like, I'm talking from my point of view, I wasn't a victim to, well, you know, abuse was anyway, that's a long story, long story. <laughs> but like, 
I'm not saying like I'm talking about relationships and I'm going to be talking about my relationships. I, I'm not putting the blame on the other person. I just want that to be clear. Right. Like you understood fundamentally that it's a co-creative experience. Exactly. So yeah. like self-responsibility is really important. And obviously there are caveats to that, you know, like abusive relationship being one of them. Um, but like, since I'm going to be talking about my relationships, I don't, uh, I want to be very clear that I do accept my responsibility in them, you know, because mm-hmm. I was, I was a part of them. <laughs> so, uh, I was just out of this two long term relationship and, and I was in Barcelona, single, you know, in a student exchange and like, I just started dating around a lot and sleeping around a lot and having lots of fun. And I needed this time to kind of like put myself back together, um, and it, it did help and it was tremendously helpful in processing everything that had been going on on my um, relationships beforehand. But then I also realized that my relationships were not more satisfying. So like when why night stands, like something was missing. Um, and I think I realized more and more that there must be more to that, you know, like more than like the one night stand or the sex where like um, the person who generally um, is socialized as a man uh, kind of do their business and then they're done. And then it's like, it's like the typical, like, (laughs) um, yeah, it's like the kind of mainstream way that I want to say society depicts, you know, what sex is yeah. in a very kind of, you know, penis and vagina kind of thing. Um, and I was like, hmm, I'm not like, what about me? And I was always very like aware of that, but it was also very, very hard for me to ask for things. Um, so like in sex, it's meant not asking for what I wanted, not even knowing what I wanted. And in relationships, I mean, in a relationship, it meant like not actually being able to articulate my own needs or my boundaries or being like, actually, I want this kind of relationship with you. And these are my boundaries. Like I didn't, I just didn't have like the tools or like, I just didn't know what it was. Like I, I just, I was just thinking that having needs in general and feelings was like a bad thing. And if I wanted to be loved, I had to pretend to be really strong. Oh, classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I think a lot of people, especially people who have been raised as um, women, tend to have that of like, you have to be strong, but also not too much. Right. And you have to, like, you know, all the, all the injections, injunctions, all the, you know, social standards. Um, and all the thing of like, you have to put someone else's needs before yours. Oh. <laughs> Is it hitting a card here? Yeah. And also just like yeah. a theme. I just think so many people know that feeling, you know, I know it's definitely part of my story for sure. And, uh, yeah. story, it's a piece of a lot of people's and it's one of those things where it's like, if it worked, it would work, you know? It's like, yeah, for it, like it turns out that it's just like it doesn't work, it does not work the way that I was yeah. led to believe that it would work, you know. 
yeah and i think i don't know i mean I've, i i do know like i i have been able to like kind of look back into like okay so i'm having like unsatisfying unsatisfying sex obviously i'm not getting anything like or everything i want from a relationship like what's the problem so like i looked back at like the common you know composant um component which which is me actually like well <laughs> if you know out of like 10 crappy relationship i'm the i'm the you know the one like denominator yeah yeah constant it's like hmm maybe there is something about me maybe the other person is just not you know uh, the one to blame um so i started looking back and did a lot of you know work around the beliefs i I had around myself around like you know feeling guilt and feeling like you know just like i said i had to put my um my needs last i had to pretend i didn't have needs i had to be like perfect i had to be strong showing feelings was like not good and then like i kind of went to the root of that you know like originated like in childhood you know like everyone else we all have like daddy and mommy issues or parents mm-hmm. issues or kids yeah. issues like mm-hmm. you know and like kind of doing this work of like going a bit like deeper and deeper and like peeling back the layers um and actually focusing afterwards on like loving myself and giving myself what I wanted. So like, that's a long story short, you know, just like lots of, of ups and downs happen in between that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for the sake of the story. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think I, so like in between this, um, second long-term relationship and my nearest relationships I'm in, so I started like a year ago. Um, I remained single for like seven years and I was dating, you know, I had like casual hookups. I had whatever I wanted, you know, like when I wanted it more or less, uh, as in (laughs) (laughs) more or less. Um, but like, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing anyone long-term, um, and I wanted to, and I got really frustrated and I got really angry. And I think it brought back like a lot of feelings around like, you know, worthiness and, am I ever going to be able to meet, you know, someone that I love, that loves me back, you know, who has the same, you know, life, you know, visions that I do, who wants the same things, the same kind of relationship. And like, it just felt like, fuck, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, and day after day, I just vote to just showing up for myself, whatever that meant. And sometimes it would mean like, yeah, maybe just crying and watching Netflix and being miserable and throwing myself a pity party because I needed to feel my feelings. And some other dates meant, well, actually going on a dating app and actually like going on dates to meet new people, not because I wanted to find like the one person. Uh, I don't, I don't think I actually believe in this concept, mm-hmm. but more because if I want to date and I need to date, you know, <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and like doing things in a different way. And also knowing that, um, like someone was out there that it was going to happen. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, like being really happy with myself and making space in my life for this to happen for love and for sex, you know, for good sex, searching with myself. So like, having good sex with myself and having dates with myself. And I knew that the first time I heard about that, it felt like, ooh, like a bit weird, like kind of picturing a, a 40, 50 years old, um, like person, like being alone in a restaurant. It's like, actually, 
I have a lot of fun eating alone in a restaurant because like I don't have to share my meal. I don't have to talk while I'm eating. I can just like people would. You know, like it's it's a lot of things to like train different experiences and and really focusing on myself and on being okay with myself and on loving myself and you know in small and big ways and um we can you know go more into detail uh you know uh on that afterwards um but yeah in a nutshell that's it um and then yeah about a year ago more than a year ago after like yet another um kind of relationship that didn't work out and I just I was just like so pissed I just I was just pacing in my room I was in Bali at the time I was just I was just pacing like back and forth and I was just like angry and like talking to the universe and I'm crying and and kind of getting off my you know feelings out and then I ended up like just giving myself a bad talk um and I told I remember I told myself like yeah I'm gonna meet someone you know who um um you know who I'm attracted attracted to who I feel on the same page you know emotionally as well you know like kind of detailing all of that and then adding like oh yeah and someone was into kink as in like BDSM sex because it had been someone I've always kind of been attracted to for as long as I remember um like from like puberty mm-hmm. but like I never really kind of like took the leap but I real like I had been realizing you know doing all of this work and like figuring out what I liked in sex and relationship and everything that this was this was really really important to me and I didn't really know like how this could happen because like I wasn't hanging out in like king communities because it, it felt really scary um still and like a lot of that but like anyway I just finished my pep talk with like kind of all this criteria and added like the bonus one of like and someone was into kink and like I kid you not three days later uh-huh. I met my, my current in Bali just like in the most random and magical way ever I just sat next to him in a restaurant so that's it and we just started chatting and then the next day I went on a date and I didn't think it was a date it turns out it was a date uh, <laughs> And then you offered to tie me up, um, as in like doing some shibari. So I don't know if you're familiar with shibari, it's some ancient Japanese uh, bondage art. Um, and now it's kind of been used and reclaimed in erotic, um, like context and BDSM mm-hmm. communities. Um, and you had just gone back from Japan from doing like a course on that. And wow. we're just talking about BDSM and, you know, like asking me like what I did. And I was like, well, not a lot because, you know, there's a difference between like wanting something and taking a leap. And, you know, like I, I could really feel, I think we could both feel like where the conversation was going. And then he was just like, well, I can tie you up if you want. And I was like, okay. Um, and then the next day we met again and it did, and it was, it was really amazing. Um, cause there is a lot of communication, um, in BDSM in general and kinky sex. Um, there is a lot of talking about what's going to happen. So like it feels safe. There is a lot of, um, like concrete safety as in like, we can stop whenever you want. We have safe words. Um, it's like, oh, it felt really, really safe. And the weirdest thing really was that it wasn't weird. 
I kept thinking like, what would my mom think if she knew that I was like in a hotel room in Bali being tied up by someone I met like 48 hours ago? Hmm. Um, yeah. But it was great. Like it was, it was great. seriously great. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up spending the weekend together and then traveling together. And then, um, yeah, we now live together. So, yeah. That's an amazingly beautiful story, really. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is a really good story. And I think, like, hearing it when I was, like, like single and looking for love, um, there was a moment where I was really bitter, you know, like, really, like, looking at other couple and being like, ooh, like, why do they have that? And why don't I have it? You know, like this jealousy. Um, which was a reflection of, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was a reflection of, but like probably the fact that I knew it was possible for me or maybe I knew it wasn't possible for me. I thought, you know, different. Um, but yeah, like there has like there were like a lot of steps along the way, and I also don't want to sound like it's like, you know, like a fairy tale story of like the yeah, tell, and then they were happy right. Forever, tell us know? some of the <laughs> right. So now you live together, and there's a whole other yeah. level of relating and navigating and communicating, and mm-hmm. and what feels safe and what doesn't feel safe. You talk about that, like maybe what's alive in that like this phase right so there's this like this glory one of the things that i heard in your story was this moment of deep clarity giving yourself permission getting really specific kind of stepping into that for yourself and then literally stepping into it like stepping into that life so i'm wondering where you are now kind of navigating that um deeper level sustained intimacy does different things than the freedom of like new intimacy yeah yeah definitely and even like at the beginning like i remember you know i wanted that for so long and then when i had it it took me like it took me some months to be comfortable like because you you can't do as much work as you want um on yourself if it's if it's um if you have some like challenges, emotional, you know, challenges around relationships, they're going to be held in the context of a relationship, not on your own, because like on your own, you do more like the theory and the thing, but like you don't, you're not triggered or challenged as easily as you can be by a new partner, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, first, the first ones were actually quite, they were beautiful. They were like amazing. And yet for me, they were also emotionally quite hard because it wasn't that easy for me to like let myself be happy and I didn't know like I wasn't feeling extremely safe which had nothing to do with my partner but like more to do about me and like how it turned out before you know because our brain loves to create stories based based on the past yeah saying like you know it's gonna it's gonna be the same in the future um so yeah the first few months were a bit like a bit yeah a bit hard and life-changing also because I I was traveling I had been tra- traveling like around the world for like two or three years before and then I, I moved in with him like two or three months after we met and I've been living you know there in the UK ever since and it's, it's been grandiose you know it's amazing 
Um, but it also means like settling down. I live in the countryside now. I don't know if you can hear the birds outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been like a radical life change, um, which has been difficult. And yet, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, so now, um, well, it's still like I'm still glad every day that I'm in this relationship. Mm. Um, it has these challenges because, um, for example, we've discovered that we have very different political views and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, or just ways of communicating. We have very different ways of communicating. He has a more um, kind of practical, logical, like don't worse, like let's fix the problem. Um, and I have a more, I, I have this, this aspect as well, but my emotions are really important. I, I, I feel like I'm more in touch with my emotions um, or maybe I just have more, maybe it's mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Um, but like being able to like express them, knowing that, you know, where I come from, it's, you know, a part of me, the little child in me, still feels like expressing my feelings is very, very dangerous. And I've worked on that and I'm still working on that. Um, yeah, so like finding ways to communicate together, uh, finding ways to argue as well, because arguing is healthy, but then like this, like we kind of figured out like a way <laughs> to argue in which like we don't yell and like we don't go absolutely crazy, but like we, like I know that when we argue, sometimes it's just too much, I just leave the room. And I know that it's actually useful for him because he also needs space to process his feelings. And then I usually come back and we talk about it. So like kind of having a routine and like, cause when everything's well, it's, it's obviously it's easy or easier. Um, but then when something goes wrong, you need to still be able to communicate and you need to remember that you're still on the same team. And that's something that I keep telling to, um, to people I work with. But it's also some things that I've had to like learn and I'm still relearning. Like every time we have a disagreement or I feel like he's done something that, you know, like hurt my feelings. Um, being able to be like, well, it's not him against me. He's, he's probably not done that on purpose because remember, he loves you and you're in a relationship together. But if there's a problem, let's be like you and me against the problem not you against me, you know, like kind of all the shifts that happened. Um, so there is definitely a lot of healing going on in this relationship. So there's healing going on in a lot of relationship, um, even if it doesn't feel like it, because sometimes it's just like bringing all the crap and the limiting beliefs and, you know, the things that, needs, the things that need to be healed back to the surface so they can be cleared. Um, but yeah, it's like, as you said, it's a, it's a living thing. So it needs, it needs some fuel, it needs some communication, it needs um, a shared vision, it needs adapting all the time, it needs freedom as well, it needs connection. And I know that for a lot of people who have been, you know, confined together, uh, all these things can be really, really hard because if you don't, like most, I want to say like most couples or 
people in a relationship don't spend that much time together or didn't mm-hmm. pre-confinement. So like suddenly being at home, like 24-7 with your partner of, or one of your partners, uh, maybe with kids even, it's like, how do you, how do you deal with like being together all the time? Like everything's, like everyone's really tense. You don't have your own space. Um, like what do you even say to each other you know after a couple of days um so yes that's definitely like i consider myself really lucky because ever since i moved here we've been like spending most of our time together so like i work from home um he he works on the home (laughs) he's like building uh, building the house Mm. um so we we don't spend like all the day together but like we're together most of the time and we're really comfortable with that. And, and I think it's really important to be able to like figure out which kind of, like what are your needs really? Like, do you want to be like all the time with someone or like how often do you need to be alone? Um, how often do you need to see your friends? You know, like kind of all of this, like things that we don't really think about, but like living with someone is actually, it's like the person, like it, it, from, you know, it, it, it goes from like seeing someone, dating someone and seeing them like on specific occasion or like every time you see this person being a specific occasion to like being like enclosed quite literally into like a space and like seeing this person being like the ordinary, you know? And there is a lot of fears around that and I certainly had a lot of fears around that and I think I still have because our relationship is quite new still, like it's been a year or something. Um, and yet that's also, I believe, how you build some deep love, you know, realizing that even though you've seen this person brush your teeth, I don't know, 370,000 times, um, <laughs> like, you still want to be with them, you know, and you've cultivated a new, you've cultivated, you've grown something, you've grown a relationship, which is you and the other person and maybe, you know, more people. Uh, so it's like, it's like this two or plus people and also this relationship is like this kind of living thing or containers that's bigger than you, that you need to feed, that you need to, you know, like, um, work on uh, sometimes that you need to take a step from um there's a lot of things going on yeah the interplay between how much do i get involved and how much do i let someone live their own life is such an interesting thing to navigate just in conversation when you're dating right like sitting over across a table or across a drink or whatever having this notion and then the and then living together right or then deciding if you live together how much you live together how you live together this all of that navigation of of what's my life that i'm making choices from what am i clear on wanting and then what is this other you know this other person navigating that yeah definitely and i think that's you know like for for a long long time living together has been seen as like a step into a relationship it's like you date till you live together and you get engaged and you get married and you have the kids you know it's kind of the linear kind of 
you know, right. socially acceptable. Um, and I think it's changing now. I think a lot of people are realizing that actually living together with someone isn't, maybe isn't what they want and who want to do things differently. And one of the reasons one might want to do that is to actually keep this kind of, you know, spark life. We talk about like the sexual attraction and the spark. Um, and when you live with someone, you see, you, yeah, you see different parts of them, but also like this, the sexual attraction that you have to someone um, originates from the space that there is between you. And when you live together, the space, let's it be physical or emotional or spiritual, like anything, actually goes like it, it, it becomes like smaller and smaller. So you become more like the other person um, because you have, you know, a set routine that you share because you have, you know, like maybe you watch the same TV show, like, which is all right, obviously it's a part, a component of deepening your relationship, but it also mean, also means that you're losing a bit of this thing that made you, you and, and, and the distance that made like everything so intense and so hot at first is, is just like not the same. So it's also very important to take a step back and realize that you're someone outside of the relationship and your partner or your partners are someone outside of the relationship, this relationship. And that what made you attracted to them in the first place was the fact that they were like full human beings, not like a unit of a, a, unit of a relationship. Mm. That's great. It's, it's, thank you. <laughs> I think it's really, um, it's really important to think about that because, of course, of course, you're gonna change. Of course, your partner is gonna change. Uh, of course, you're gonna grow together. But like, you also need your space to become yourself and to develop yourself as a human being, right? Not only to keep the flame, you know, alive, but also because, I mean, you're here for you. Um, I do believe in past life. I do believe in, um, um, like, like I do believe that, you know, my partner um, and I were like together in a past life and something happened. So I do believe in that. And I do believe it's really important, you know, on a spiritual level for us to have met again and definitely on an emotional, like, uh, you know, I love him. He's really important to me. Mm. And yet we joked about it um, one time, you know, like it would be like, you know, who's, more, who's the most important? And I'd be like, me, I'm the most important. And he'd be like, but I'm close number two, right? And I'm like, yes, of course. Because um, it's like, I'm like, it, it's the best relationship I've ever been in. And yet I'm still the most important person in my world because, because that's my life, you know? Um, and I think it's, you know, we're talking about... Um, mentioning you know power before and i think that's that's a part of it and i'm not saying that if tomorrow things ended i wouldn't be fucking devastated because i would um it would be like a blow but like as long as i know that i made the decision for me or rather because you know maybe it wouldn't be my decision so that's possible um I would always know, no matter what, they have my back. Mm. You know, a partner brings you, can bring you a lot of things, can bring you, you know, comfort, affection, you know, sex, um, emotional fulfillment. But like, you have to be able, I believe, 
to bring these things to yourself first and foremost. Yeah, as much as parts of myself have fought that at times, it has consistently been true in my life, my experience, and my witnessing, for sure, that the very thing that we're wanting someone else to provide is really useful information about the very thing that we are asking ourselves to provide or to experience or open up to, to make, make possible in our own lives. Definitely. I agree a hundred percent. I often describe relationship as relationships as mirror. So like in the first phase of a relationship, what you're like in your partner or in someone else is actually qualities of yourself that you like. Um, for example, if you think like, oh, this person's really smart or really funny, you actually, it's actually your own cleverness and humor that's mirror to you. And that's great, you know? And then after the honeymoon period, you know, which can be like three, six, eight months, you start seeing like the not so good aspects of the other person of like, oh, like he's really stubborn. And then it's like an invitation to look at my own stubbornness because mm-hmm. I, I am stubborn as well, you know? So it's, it's always reflecting what you need to see at the moment and asking you to do some work, you know? Not some work like yeah to like to grow because that's the only constant you know like just growing beautiful it's true it's really true do you have any good like juicy self-pleasuring are you do you do are you kinky in your own self-pleasuring or just in your relating Um, with people just when i'm relating with other people for an hour because um, it is a bit more well one one of them um which is more accessible is called edging i don't know if you've heard of that yeah tell us about it i'm familiar with it but tell okay. the people yeah so, <laughs> edging is um when you are about to come to have an orgasm to stop what you're doing to delay the orgasm so the orgasm will be bigger so basically if you're touching yourself and you feel like you're gonna come just stopping and maybe touching yourself you know elsewhere and like letting kind of the energy settling back again and then starting again and doing that for like as many times as it's humanly possible um and and the more you do that the more yeah you orgasm is 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 big and i like this practice because it's something you can do by yourself it's something you can do with a partner so like a partner can touch you to the point of always making you calm and then stopping and it's very frustrating but you know that's part of the deal um and i think it's um yeah it, it goes into like this kind of power dynamic also of like I, I decide when you come, uh, which to me is a turn on. Um, but obviously my pleasure is mine and I take responsibility for it. And once more, like the great things that there is about, you know, kink and BDSM is that everything is talked about. Uh, consent is like the number one thing to be aware of. Um, and it's a very safe place. So like, I know that if a partner, um, like it's playing around with me uh, and doing some editing. 
it's because emails that did not like it because we've talked about it, you know? So it's like a great way to actually get what you want because you've talked about it. <laughs> and this just, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really, I really love the edging practice that I, with like partners that I've done that I've really, really enjoyed is actually very self-oriented, like meaning as opposed to having the partner decide like how much I'm edging, like while we're doing it, me being like, I want to edge, like I want to wait, I want to wait. And the same thing with my partner. So kind of having them hold, hold that, but still kind of doing the practice or being in a space together um, and navigating that like in, in, in real time too. So all, like all of them, right. Like letting those, those, those choices be made by all parties in different ways. Yeah. Well, I have just really enjoyed your sharing and your insight. It feels really integrated and kind. And I just, I keep thinking about this kind of study in self that you did these like seven years of being single of holding yourself and digging deep and getting clearer and clearer about what you want. And then this like deep, you know, moment, this deep clarity moment, and then having the courage to say yes, to, to say yes to it over and over and over again and say yes to yourself, right? Say yes to your life and say yes to yourself. So it's, it's, there's a lot in there. Do you have anything else that you want to share before we move to our closing questions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, about um so we talked about like bdsm and kink um and there is something that i would have liked to know before which is from the outside in to me bdsm and kink looks like very kind of demeaning and well it's it's, it's taboo like definitely taboo but kind of what are other people going to think about and like it's bad and i've actually to this day like i haven't found like um like a, a safer way to actually express my sexuality and i'm not saying this is the only way like that's that's the way it came up you know for me yeah but like talking about what you want um is like fucking important. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough. Knowing what you want is really important. And to me, it's really helped me BDSM, like learning what I wanted and also accepting these desires. Um, so when you are able to look at, you know, someone else in the eye and being like, yes, I want that. Or no, I don't want that. And being okay with that, accepting your deepest, you know, probably like scariest um, desires. I mean, there is so much power coming from that. Mm. And when you reclaim your pleasure, your sexual pleasure, pleasure, you reclaim your power and you're able to be like, if I, if I could be like tied up in a room in Bali by someone and I felt safe, like I can definitely go on a podcast interview, you know, like <laughs> and these, things are, these things are not related, but you know, it's like kind of being like, I rock. Like I am able to like face my deepest desires. The things that society has taught me I shouldn't have because, you know, like society has been repressed, repressing sex, uh, especially for people uh, who've been raised as um, as women for like centuries. 
And here I am standing and being like, I love kinky sex. You know, like how much power is there like in that and so in like <laughs> thank you. And in like everyone, you know, saying that. And to me it's like a matter of taking back the power. Um, you know, for like people who consider themselves as women. Um but also for like all like genders and people who don't, you know, like who are gender fluid, um, because there's also a lot of stress that's usually put into uh, people who are perceived as men and to like performance of sex and like wanting to have sex all the time and, you know, like all of these things. And it's like, if, if all of us could actually like have a five minutes chat either before ideally or like after we have sex talking about like what we like and what we want and what's okay and what's not okay and like how to get each other off that would be amazing like we would have like such better sex lives and i think everyone would be more at peace with themselves yeah i love it i highly recommend the five minute talk before or the like two hour talk before whatever whatever you need and then that that's like the that's like the talk before and the talk after like this is and the yeah. and the talk during right especially yeah it's definitely right? during <laughs> you know but the like after the fact of being like cool like i thought i would like that did i like it i liked it in the moment do i like it now like is it how is it settling in my body i think that's something that a lot of people that are sensitive and and a kind of a feminine aspect can be this, the rippling, right? So sometimes something feels good in a moment, but then as we sit with it, especially like, like the womb energy, as it kind of, kind of settles in us, is it mm -hmm. something that we want to do again? You know, like that's, that's its own kind of distillment. That's not a problem about whether something should or should not have happened in the past, but an exploration of kind of a continuing growth or cultivation of what you want moving forward. Yeah. And in, in BDSM, like specifically in like um, domination and submissive uh, dynamics, you call that the subspace um, or like the sub, drops uh after after you've had like a scene of bdsm and like things were done and maybe you have like impact play or you have like you know whatever happened you always you should always have like aftercare which is like you know it can be it can be anything from cuddling to watching a movie to like i don't know putting some music and something like agreed upon you know with you and your partner and i think that's actually awesome it's like it's 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 kind of it has a specific name in BDSM and yet I feel like everybody would benefit from that. It's yeah. the equivalent of like having sex with someone and having some cuddles, which is personally what I like. Um, and that's what mainly like depicted, but it's, it's, yeah. I mean, you've just connected with someone in a very intimate way, you know, and it's, it's not because you like have some more tenderness to one another for like 10 minutes or even like 10 hours that you're going to end up, committed in a relationship that you don't want like it just like i just want to say grow up in a way like it's 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 not because you have sex with someone that you have feelings and i think a lot of people have like kind of integrated that but like it's not because you are showing affection or feelings to someone like as in like i enjoyed my time to like our time together so that you like want to end up like with them and that it's done, you know, like now you're committed, like there are no rules. And, and just, I think 
yeah I think tenderness is really important mm, tenderness yeah 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 and having the courage to rewrite the rules for yourself and for your life together independently communally right all of it with your family it's just like there's no we talk about reclaiming your pleasure and reclaiming your power and confidence right that in our lives like how it moves kind of in moves forward and and often ends up touching all of those things yeah yeah definitely well Marianne, I want to thank you so much for coming on. My second to last question is, where do you like people to find you? How do you like to connect with people who are who want to hear more from you and want to be connected with you? Um, I think it would be like a couple of ways. So Instagram is one of them. You can find me at Marianne Cloetes, like just my name. And then my website as well, marionclotes.com. Uh, I do have at the moment a masterclass on reclaiming your inner powers for kink, which is free when you subscribe to my newsletter. I'm going to change it soon though. I'll have something else. Um, and yeah, you can learn more about like the work I do. Uh, follow me like other social media as well. I'm really, I'm really digging Pinterest at the moment. Like I'm a really visual person. Yeah. Um, and um yeah, I'm also searching a podcast soon, podcast of my own. Um, yeah, which is called Sexy Secrets, and it's everything, everything from like relationship magic to tantra to kink to how to feel sexy um, and comfortable in your body. I'm really excited about that. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be aired when you do air this episode, but you know, just. Yeah, my website, I think, is a good hub uh, for, like, knowing what's going on. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So we didn't really get into the spiritual practice stuff, the Tantra stuff. Um, and, and, and yet, I have a feeling this, this next question will – well, I'll, I'll lay it for you here, which is I believe that we are – co-creatively rebirthing the planet, our culture, reality as we know it right now. You with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, here we are. And, <laughs> and pleasure and sex and power are huge components of that shifting landscape for sure. Both how we do it and what it will look like, I think. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, if you take a moment to drop in to that visionary, deep-seeing place in you, and if you think about us being on a bridge or traveling through a tunnel and coming out on the other side, and that other side is that new earth, new, new reality, new place where we are, I want you to look around, feel into that, and, and share with us, like dream weave a piece of that world, that reality. It can be anything. What do you see? What do you know about where we're going? Um, it's interesting because I dreamt about, like I had the word bridge come to me like a couple of days ago, really strongly. Mm. Um, I'm seeing lots of green spaces. I'm seeing like... I'm not saying like, so there are still cities, but like I'm seeing like kind of a forest or a park and people are laying in the grass naked. 
and it's not weird because we all have bodies and and it's just it just feels like really beautiful just people doing their own thing and just enjoying their body not being ashamed of their body and having really honest conversation about like what they want of being like you know let it be like i want a cheese sandwich and not a ham sandwich or like no no like i want that in sex when we have sex i want you to spank me really hard um just just people knowing themselves enough and being comfortable with themselves enough to be able to ask for what they want and getting it in like in like the most easy and graceful way possible and naked <laughs> love it beautiful i'm there naked in the park I'm asking for what yeah. I want. I'm loving what you're getting for you. I'm there. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so, so very much for your presence, your courage, your kindness, your service to people. I encourage you to go and just check out her site. Go look around and just kind of see there's so much um, integrity and there's so much kindness kind of woven through your work. So I really invite people to go and, and continue to look more at that. Darlings, I want to thank you for just being here with me and listening to the show. And as always, I love to hear from you. If there's something that you loved about this show, go ahead and take a screenshot or, you know, wherever you're listening, make a post, tag me. If there's a question that you have for Marion or a question you have for me, something you want to hear about on the show, all the things, let me know. I am excited to have Vagina Talks back in the running, back in the world, and I'm excited to be with you. So I started out really tender. I still feel tender, <laughs> and I feel nourished by, by our time together here. So I thank you, and I wish you great pleasure, great confidence, great peace in the process of coming into yourself. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. Oh, oh, you can subscribe to this mailing list by texting VTOX to 66866. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com.
<laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that, though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.